0: Uh-oh.
1: ladies and gentlemen and welcome to your favorite business show on radio this means business my name is maki begotry and we are broadcasting live from kalak fm 94.5 well i'm sure you listened to the last episode and which focused on the importance of storytelling and how you should go about it we also talked about idiomatic expressions on our business english lesson and some of them were get your act together you know when you want to tell someone to you know get themselves together and call it a day you know when you're tired and you want to carry on uh, when you're tired you just say let's call it a day you know and also we had interesting business re- uh, news from business in cameroon african news and african.business and of course uh, we from the discovery we learned how to legalize your company without paying a franc you know legalizing your company as a group with zero francs today is going to be interesting and very educative very encouraging and very entertaining so you should get your notebook and your pen ready because with me is an amazing guest whom I'm going to introduce after the musical break which will be of course a few seconds because we have a lot to talk about. So expect to listen to us tell you fun facts about business and he trust me when I tell you he has a lot of fun facts that I did not know of. And of course uh, on the business English lesson today we're going to learn how to politely criticize someone and how to call someone off. You know when someone is so annoying but you don't want to say stupid which is very rude. Yeah. How to call someone off in a business setting. That's what we'll be talking about. And of course, we're going to get business review from Business in Cameroon, Brutus and Africa.business. And the most important thing today is the B-talk, where we will talk about five economic policies that are good for business and five economic policies that are bad for business. And of course, the team making this possible are Marcella Mukovo General supervision, Richard O'Neillina for coordination and of course Michelle Isumba, who is on the other side of the class and we have Franklin Chin. of course he's on holiday he's enjoying himself I hope he's gonna bring us some goodies when he comes back and of course he's always supporting us um, you know moral support always comes from Franklin Chin. so my name is Makibe Gertrude Bisongetang don't go away for after this few seconds musical break we will be right back and you will find the guest of today Rap même in pants of beer.
0: Yeah, <t'en> certain sisters amour. Lorsqu'on en parle, ça dans la chair de poule. Comme la mienne si haut, c'est si j'avais vu. ah. Je passe devant toi. Tu n'as pas de courage Mon frère, tente ta chance Ne te décourage jamais Si tu vois ta passer le fort Ça pourrait être tu jamais vu euh, yeah. Mon frère, tente ta chance Ne te décourage jamais Si tu vois ta passer le fort Ça pourrait être tu jamais vu
1: Welcome back. I know I did set a few seconds, but we almost go into a minute. So, well, we're gonna meet our guest for today. But if you're just joining us, you know it's your favorite program on the radio. This means business. If you're not an p- opportunity to listen to the program today, tomorrow is another day from nine a.m. to ten a.m. and also on Tuesday and on Thursday from four p.m. to five p.m. So make sure you tune in to Calak FM ninety four point five to listen. Or you can go to any podcast website of your choice and all you have to do is type in MGBFM and you will find this means business. And it's time for us to meet our guest for today. Now he's an economic um he's an economic analyst at the Carful Policy Institute. Uh an economic analyst. Consultant for a global expert network called Global Wongs. Before, he used to be economist and microeconomic strategist at Rubini Global Economics, one of the leading economic research providers in London. Yep, as a Nordic economics and commodity analyst at Consortium Economics... He employed machine learning as the leader of the global house price index and provided key commodity views for oil majors. I know now lead, um, as a lead research analyst on the Democratic Dividend for Central and West Africa, the project sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, he saw a redesign of the communication strategy on the DD in French speaking Africa. Okay, and he's worked as a business development specialist for one of the leading uh, four of the leading property startups, sorry, one of the leading property startups in the world. ...uni places with markets across Europe and Africa. Yes, y'all, he is international. That's what I'm talking about. And he completed his bachelor's and master's in business administration... ...where he majored in finance and has published a range of papers... ...on economic policy, fiscal and monetary economics... ...with an emphasis on econometrics and machine learning. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together... For our guest today, Mr. Henry Kwam.
2: Hey, um, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. It's um, amazing to um, be with you, Gertrude. Um, Gertrude. I've um, I've listened to Kalara from quite a bit, and I think your show is amazing. Aww. Um, I listen to it every morning when I wake up on Saturday and I'm having my first cigarette, unfortunately. But it's like an amazing show. I really love your content. Oh,
1: Thank you so much. You see, I know you listen and you love my content. You're always like, oh, it's Saturday. Let me listen. Oh, I missed it on Saturday. It's Sunday. Let me listen. Tuesday and Thursday. Let me listen. Or you just go online and download it. So you have it on your phone. Even
2: better. right? listen to it while you're in a taxi. I mean, it's so practical. I absolutely love it.
1: Thank you so much. See, I'm blushing from one side of my jaw to another, but it's not noticeable Noticeable because I'm a black woman. <laughs> Hashtag brown skin girl. Really so nice. Oh
2: my God. I love that song. That's the damn. Um, this is King album from Beyonce. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I listened to it on the way here, actually. Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. It's really a good song. I can sing it though, but it's really dope. Uh, I'm using... um. Street language <clears throat> back to our business english you know type of ish so <laughs> right now we're going to move on to the first segment of the day which is the did you know segment and mr henry Kwam has a pack of wonderful things i hope you have your pen and your paper mr henry Kwam. what did we not know that was existing but we just didn't realize
2: so many people know cameroon trades with nigeria that's true Did you know that Cameroon exports 63 million worth of agricultural products in Nigeria? So your erud, your corn, millet, wheat, even tomatoes. Um, Nigeria actually, some of the towns in Nigeria actually rely on Cameroon for food, um, which is incredible. Because they have so much arable land which they don't use and um, their farmers don't produce as much. And so that creates so many opportunities for farmers in Cameroon, but the only challenge is that some of these farmers have very small farms and they don 't know who true. to export to'
1: That's true. and and on that recently i um, Franklin was uh, reporting the business news. he did say that um in in the north the the prices of corn increased like the the production like the quantity that was produced reduced because they had to export a lot to Nigeria. Yes,
2: um, that happens quite a lot because we have, um, you know, Nigeria has loads of manufacturing companies. If you think of some people buy, for example, toothpaste from Nigeria, some people buy Indomie, all of this requires um, some form of agricultural products or commodities. So these companies who manufacture actually um, rely on Cameroonian businesses to export their products to them and then they can process it. So in the north, what happened is um, that, although the um, prices actually went up not because production fell but because we had to export this huge amounts of corn and there was oh, nothing like for the Cameroonians it equally happens with wheat and um, this is why the government in 2019 impo- imposed um, an export ban and sometimes oh. the government does that because they're like why are we selling all of our food if our people are starving and they can't oh, buy yeah, from yeah, the market yeah, true. Um, so um, although we trade with Nigeria yes there are some challenges but I think if you're a producer who's already established, um, you just want to sell and pay your workers and make your profits and pay your investors. So it is a bit of a challenge when you look at it from that point. Yeah, but also, true. we know that in Cameroon, that 8.5 percent of people actually live below the poverty line. So Whoa. people literally um, live on about 1,000 or less. And we're talking okay. about families. We're talking about bachelors. You know, we're talking about everyone. So yeah. it's important. Important that we have food that we people can actually eat and like be alive
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's true please carry on <laughs> <I> um,
2: so <laughs> if you if you think of what you buy and, and let's not forget um, that when we're talking about these um, exports to Nigeria, the majority of this exports are actually People who sell to um, A central buyer So mm-hmm. for example Gertrude could go to um, To the north or to the southwest And um, meet a couple of um, Farmers who produce corn Or cassava or arrow, And she simply just buys from them um, At the end of the month or pays them Every quarter and then exports this To Nigeria oh. But the reason why um, What we call small holders Means if you're a farmer who has a very small small piece of land and you're farming that's filled to um, feed your family or maybe to sell in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you're called a small holder because your farm is small so oh, you hold okay. a small farm okay Um, so these small holders essentially um, don't have very many people buying the products so you can farm so much corn in Yaoundé but you have to go to a market in the sauce to try and sell it or you you have to try and sell it to a local company here maybe Nestle who has very very high standards for the agricultural products that they want to buy so um, on the one hand and we know that in Cameroon um, over 65% of the population in the informal sector is employed in agriculture in oh. some form of agriculture i mean let's not forget that agriculture equally includes flowers so yeah. you know it's flowers it's um, corn it's rice it's wheat it's millet it's sorghum i mean you name it um we can go on and on but okay. um we know so this this farmers who produce this um we what we have to try and do now and from the policy side is find a way to actually get what they produce sell it, and then give them the money. If we did that, I think people are going to be much better off because what that would mean is that a small family who has a farm can simply work with a company, produce all year round, and then make some yeah, money. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um,
2: and we know that you know when these families have money, that means young girls can go to school because one yeah. of the problems we face in Cameroon here is that um, some of the families would actually send the boys to school But not the girls So mm. if you're sending your boys to school And not the girls it, it makes this gender inequalities even worse So essentially we'll be killing two birds with one stone That's
1: true
2: Yeah um, So that's my first fun fact um, okay. So don't forget 63 million worth um, 63 million CFA francs um, Actually comes from Cameroon's exports to Nigeria Our Ooh. lovely neighbours who I should actually say are equally an emerging country, by the way. Anyway. So uh-huh, um, yeah, I think true. it's good for us, and they have 200 million people just sat there waiting to be fed. So I think it's like, and it's an amazing opportunity um, if one thinks about it critically. Yeah. The second fun fact: um, this is actually much more Cameroon-centric, and um, and the reason we were going to the second fun fact is about agriculture is because um, a majority of people are actually employed in the sector. And, yeah, that's true. Um, if you look at the, if you look at how our economy is structured, you f- most people forget that the informal sector is very important because ninety percent of people are employed there. Whoa, ninety percent. So if you have ten people in Cameroon and one person works in the formal sector, the other nine work in the informal sector. Now, from those other nine, about five or six of them um, work in agriculture in some shape or form. So. Okay. Um, when I was um, yesterday, you know, yesterday when you told me um, I should come, and I was thinking about this, and I and I thought about the market because I had to give money to uh, my cousin to go to the market today. Okay. And I was like, well, actually, where does all this food come from? And then I <laughs> found that 80% of the food which is produced in Cameroon is actually sold in Yaoundé, Douala, and Pamenda Oh. I mean, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but why is it so?
2: Well, um, it's because most people are moving to the cities. You know, if you grew up, like myself, I, um, I grew up for a part of my life in Limbe. Um, until i was about 11 years old but most okay. people who grow up until they go to college and once they want to go to university some might go to boya but some might come to yaoundé to yeah, go to yaoundé 2 true. or yaoundé 1 people mm-hmm. want to change isn't it yeah yeah that's um, right um so instead of traveling out of the country people just either move to dwala or move to yaoundé some people equally move to dwala and yaoundé because they want to go meet family um yeah. etc and settle. also due to
1: the crisis right
2: Yes now we home. have um, yes yes exactly the Anglophone crisis which has displaced over 125,000 people wow so some and you know the classrooms in yaounde are crowded um I, I was talking to my sister the other day and like she's um they recently moved and we are fine trying to find a school closer to their home and okay. it's um, almost impossible because she tells me the class sizes are so large and we grew up um, in class sizes of about forty five people yeah, or yeah. fifty people. Yeah. That way you can actually interact with the teacher more.
1: Exactly. And you know every member of your class.
2: Yes, and, and every it's member quite of your class. Though. Yes. Yeah. The more and the more, you know, I think small class sizes the better over the long run because you just learn more. Yeah. And um, and so because all of this family is fleeing the Anglophone regions, unfortunately, you know, like in Kumba, you know, we hear of like massacres and we're hearing, especially in the Northwest or even in the Southwest where they have like ghosts in your ghost towns. I mean, you go to Limbe and it's almost as though they're taking a step back um, instead of developing, they've like regressed. And it's so, it's it's like, it's It's awfully deplorable. So most of these families now come to Yaoundé, come to Douala, go to Bamenda. Some are still in Bamenda because it's highly populous, but mostly Yaoundé and Douala. And so all of the agriculture comes to Yaoundé and Douala. And then people have to, you know, people consume that agriculture, which is why food prices are... So, I, I mean, I complain, but like a bunch of plantain is like 1,500 or 2,000. It's expensive because more people are buying it. Oh. Um. So fun fact number two, 80% of the food in Cameroon goes to Yaoundé, mm, Douala and, and Bamenda. Bamenda. I've never been to Bamenda but um, I've heard lovely things about it. Yeah,
1: I've, I was raised in, I grew up in Bamenda so it's a very, very beautiful city except for the crisis. I that can... was the only thing that, you know, destroyed Bamenda. Yes, yeah. yes. But I mean, hopefully <laughs> we
2: rebuild back better. Hopefully,
1: hopefully. Well, one last fact, please.
2: Yeah, um, The f- last fun fact is um, foreign direct investment in Cameroon has never fallen below, below 600 million francs CFA. Whoa. now that's an important number and um, the reason I'm using 6 today, like 63 million of our exports to go to, to um, Nigeria 600, uh, our foreign direct investment has never fallen below 600, 600 million, m- million CFA. simply because investors across the world um, are looking for places to put their money you know, they want okay. to invest in projects where they would actually earn a return uh-huh. because if they leave their money in their bank accounts in Europe they don't make any money whatsoever In fact, if you leave your money in Germany, you have to pay the bank huge amounts of money just to keep your money there. So instead of keeping the money there and making losses, I send it to Cameroon and some other countries. And so that has like steadily attracted capital. But also the government has has implemented a number of reforms, thank God, to improve the business environment such that investors are much more certain about their investments in Cameroon. And that means they want to come here and trade more. They can invest in agriculture, infrastructure, Structure ICT, which we badly need. So um when I saw that, I was smiling for entrepreneurs.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, Mister Henry Cramphol, for the discoveries that I didn't know lots of this. I didn't even know about the eighty percent. I just knew that there was for I me mean, that had a lot of food, and I knew that well. And Dwala, like, yeah, on the Andwala, yeah, they have food. I didn't know that eighty percent of all the food in Cameroon was, you know, so yeah, because of the you know migration and stuff and I had no idea of everything else you said but I've learned now so I hope you learned too and I hope you, you wrote that down because you might be asked in an exam and you just need to oh yeah Mr. Henry Quam on this business on this business said that so I should write this in my book and yeah, you're going to pass your exam right? yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> okay. like a
2: fun. you can like when you go to a bar or you're discussing with your friends yeah, these are things
1: we should know exactly what, it should what be what productive I, right? yes
2: yes what I find is that um, when I um, when you're in Cameroon sometimes you know very little about the country um you know what how we feed um how many people have access to electricity things like that um and to find that you know um less than nine thousand localities in cameroon don't have electricity for example it's like staggering because yeah. we only really complain about ineo but some people actually don't have access which sure. is um, quite worrying so yeah, i think yeah. it's like it's like interesting because you can like have loads of um very nice conversations about this with your friends with your families and then Even business partners right yes yes, <laughs> yeah. yes most importantly like um business partners looking to invest you can tell them exactly why they should give you the money because yeah being convincing is um it's an art that you can learn on this is business
1: thank you so much for that that is wonderful so we're going to take a short musical break it'll be a few seconds and when we come back we'll just dive straight into the business english lesson don't go anywhere welcome back i hope you digested that well because right now it's time for the business english lesson and we are going to learn how to politely criticize someone without being rude and how to just call someone off now there are times where you want to you know have a well you want to explain something to someone maybe the person is your superior and you don't want to be rude uh let's say i have to tell uh mr henry crumb something uh that he did, uh, or oh, I don't want to do something that he has asked me to do, I'll just go, with all due respect, Mr. Henry, right?
2: Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Or, you know, you can say, like, um, I didn't mean to offend or... Um, I'm sorry, if I may, you must always either, um, apologize before you criticize or you make sure that, um, they understand that it's constructive. I mean, sometimes you can be very clear. Um, so let's say if, um, if Miss Gertrude wanted to criticize me and she said, well, Mr. Henry, um, is it possible for you to talk less fast? She'd be like, (laughs) oh, um... Mr. Henry, I'm really sorry, but I think the people listening need you to speak a bit slower. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, she's not made the criticism about me. She's made it much more about the people listening. Yeah. So when that happens, um, people tend to be much more receptive. True. Also, like if you think about it, when you're in the workplace and the workplace could be anywhere, you you work with different people. True. Sometimes you might want to... A colleague might say something which is wrong, like, um, the sun is red, um, which only happens, like, in a solar eclipse or something. Um, and you say... Instead of saying, no, that's absolutely wrong. Um, you know, when you say that's absolutely wrong... Yeah,
1: the person is going to feel bad.
2: Yeah, it's almost as though you're patronizing them, exactly. isn't it? You're telling them they're less than you. Whereas if you tell them... Um, I don't think, um, I read somewhere, or, or this author said or, you know, I don't think the sun is actually red, like most of the people I've spoken to, or most of the things I've read tell me the sun is actually yellow, or you can say um, I'm sorry, I'm sure, you know wherever you heard that is legitimate <laughs> but I don't think it's true wow, <laughs> that's a slap in the face well, I mean, yeah, you know, you can like, you can obviously <laughs> include a little bit of shadiness in it um (laughs) but i think you can you can equally make it very humorous you know like you know um if the sun is um yellow you know um i'm I'm an elephant or something like so that they realize (laughs) just how wrong they are but they can laugh you know you have to make it
1: definitely they're definitely going to laugh and also let's be honest or or let's be frank or i'll be honest with you it's also polite right like you have to tell someone
2: that, um, I think that's very that's equally polite, um, but you know, for some people, they're not used to being around bluntness. Yeah, that's um, true. People so, find me rude sometimes. Yeah, because you know, so you find out that you have to sugarcoat and I was the same, like um, when I was working in London, I worked, I worked in an office where everyone was so sarcastic, you know, so you would build a model saying, oh, all the prices are going to be about $70 um, next year, um, next year or next month and okay. someone would be like, oh really? Um, okay, I'm sure that's true um, just <laughs> for you to like doubt your model and be like, oh, um, is it actually going to be that? But the same That um, because in the office we know we're all so sarcastic, it's like humorous, and you're like, you know, if someone says that, you're like, well, I'm almost certain it wouldn't, just to tell them how sure you are. But you find that people. Uh, working in an office or in your workplace, wherever that may be, you know, you could be on the construction site or uh-huh. you could be driving a bus. Um, it's mostly about managing people's emotions. Yeah. So, what you want to do is like tell people you can be blunt and be yourself and say, um, I'm going to respectfully disagree, but that tells them that you're, you know, formal and blunt. Um, yeah. Or tell them, I don't want to, I don't mean to offend you, but I. Which I think is a bit more polite and docile. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to offend you, but I think um, that isn't particularly right. Um, the way you put it is, I think, what's more important.
1: But you know, sometimes in our setting, you know, with French and English, people don't understand any vivid, like they don't understand what you just said. So you have to explain yourself.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what do you yeah. do in these moments? Well, um, in that case, you should see yourself as the teacher, isn't it? Yeah. Because when you're, the, the, I think the whole point of correcting someone is because you want them to learn yeah, something you already true. know. Um, and so I think putting yourself in a, an excuse the word, on primetime radio, um, you need to put it in a less bitchy way if i can say it needs to be kind it needs to be much more considerate you know um less um less combative i should say
1: okay give an example please
2: so um let's say i go to um I have these guys who pick up the trash every day um no every monday um okay. i go back home on the monday evening and they're not there and i'm like oh god um who wants to think about your trash but we have to <laughs> so the next morning i call them in the evening and i'm like hi um i, I see that you guys didn't um pick up the bin um i'm, I'm sure you you forgot Or oh, is there any reason why And then they can explain to you and say, "Oh, we came, but the gate was closed, etc." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, well, maybe next time, um, just try and knock. You know, obviously the way I say <laughs> that is, is that you know you forgot to knock. So maybe next time, like knock or like ring a bell or something.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes, um, it's that's... like
1: saying that they're totally dumb, but <laughs> in a nice way, right? In the
2: nicest possible way. I mean, it's and we all, you know, you might think it, and instead of it coming out the other way, you yeah. might want to say it in a way which would like make them come do something.
1: Exactly. Right because it's really bad when you say someone. An idiot, you call them stupid, you call them dumb, it's really bad and it hurts their feelings. So, these are the ways in which oh, these are yeah, these are the ways in which you can talk to them, criticize them without hurting your feelings, you know, criticizing politely. Well, I think that's a wrap. If you have maybe you have one bonus tip.
2: Um, I would say the bonus tip Is um, for you to try and be right Because if you tell someone That cars run on three wheels And regardless of the confidence you have if it's wrong then it's wrong before you correct someone always make sure you have your facts ready to go for example if someone said actually people travel in Africa within Africa more than they travel more than travel from Africa to Europe I'd be like that's absolutely wrong no, I mean I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it that way but okay. i will be like um, I'm afraid um, I, I don't think that's actually true because um, the World Tourism Council which and the Institute for National Statistics which actually counts this stuff say is that we get more of our visitors from europe and north america so they have counted it. you can't tell me that most of our visitors come from nigeria somewhere yeah yes yeah. yeah
1: that's a polite way to put it so don't go anywhere after this um we'll just take the jingle for the business news because we're running out of time and we have a lot to tell you about economic policies and how they influence uh business in a good way and in no Five economic policies that influence business in a good way and five economic policies that influence business in a bad way. So let's get the jingle for the business review in a bit. Cameroon produced 292,471 tons of cocoa over the 2020-2021 season, up by 35,319 tons, or 12%, compared with the 2019-2020 production. The volume was revealed at the launch of the 2020-2021 season in Kekem on August 10. For the National Cocoa and Coffee Board, this upward performance was fast. Facil- facilitated by the commissioning of the, of a feed processing plant, Atlantic cocoa which launched uh, operations alongside traditional transformers like sick cocos Neo Industry, Chococam, and Ferrero. 158,000 doses of single-shot Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine were delivered to Cameroon on August 8, 2021, according to AVAT, that is the African Vaccine Acquisition Trust. The funds which were raised from the World Bank adds that the World Bank will further support vaccine purchase and deployment in Cameroon in the framework of the Pandemic Response Project, a project aimed at curbing the spread of the pandemic and maintaining an, equi- uh, an equitable delivery of essential Health services. According to official figures, since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, the World Bank has disbursed $157 billion US to fight the economic, social, and health impacts of the pandemic. SEMAC Nationals can soon transfer the higher education course credits obtained in a set member country. This is the conclusion of the August 6, 2021 video conference, which gathered the region's higher education and scientific research ministers. Out of the country, in Nigeria, university students across Nigeria are going without meals, essential travel and social activities in a bid to continue their education in a tough economic environment. This is due to the rising inflation, which, according to IMF, is 16% after a 13.2% rise last year. In March this year, Nigeria's food inflation increased by 1.16% of 22.95%, according to Nigeria Bureau of Statistic Data, putting further pressure on scholars. That is challenging citizens in a country where the minimum wage has only recently been increased by 30,000 naira, which is seven to nine dollars per month, and payment of salaries is frequently inconsistent. On August 13, a power outage in South Africa's main coal export terminal, Richards Bay, has forced state-owned logistics monopoly firm Transnet to delay offloading of trains for 10 hours. This resulted to 50% wagon capacity for Friday's production plan. Africa's most industrialized economy faces regular power outages as it struggles to generate enough electricity to keep the lights on, affecting mining and other large businesses relying heavily on the country's only power utility, Scom. This uh, business review came from Reuters Business in Cameroon and African Business. That's all we had for you. Uh, stay tuned to the next segment. Okay. i know i'm killing you i'm not giving you enough musical break so you can maybe go to the genre, or you know Uh, drink a cup of water or get a cup of tea or something like that i'm so sorry okay well that is because this means business and we're here for business i know i did say that we're not going to be stiff we're going to be relaxed but guess what that's what i'm doing i'm making sure you have fun while learning and i'm making sure that you are encouraged and just before i took the mic uh, mr henry cron had something to say about Eskom, the south african because, um, um,
2: power utility company yes Yes, yeah, so Eskom has had problems for years and um, what I find um, particularly concerning is that Cyril Ramaphosa um, unlike the president of Ghana hasn't given them any targets so during the COVID-19 pandemic the president of Ghana um, Nana Akufo Nana, Nana Akufu, um, simply told um, the power company you have to keep the light on I don't care what you do the lights must stay on Okay. and, um, and Ghana did so but also, 28 of the new um, of the new coal mines um, were in were actually in South Africa. So South Africa is taking Chinese money and building coal um, coal mines, which are dirty and bad for the environment, and also irregular. Yeah. When they have the capacity to build um, renewable energy facilities, solar panels and wind farms, and this is what they should be trying to do. Um, I think so far the only localities in about in Johannesburg um, have actually borrowed from international markets to build solar farms. But I think Africa has so much potential. We have the sun. Why not use yeah, it?
1: Yeah, that's true. And it's it protects us against global warming which is becoming really really bad. Like yes. the other day I was watching the news and Greece was burning, was burning. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, and
1: the uk was flooding i'm yes, like
2: yes yes germany as well flooding italy the same thing um california but let's not forget that in um, malawi we equally had cyclone idaho you know last two years and eighteen thousand people could be displaced from between today and tomorrow just from climate change in cameroon and true. so we don't you know i mean we're good neighbors and we welcome refugees but africa needs to make we need to make sure we adapt really quickly like, or,
1: because in affects us as well i mean i'm not sure whether we're in the rainy season or in the dry season like it's confusing <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: i know we have only two seasons yeah so, you know, the more it gets confusing the more it gets extreme because exactly. temperatures could go from you know 20, 21 on i mean, one year to about 28 or 35 I mean, in the north, temperatures are set to rise by about 8%, um, according to a plan for um, adaptation against climate change. Okay. And, you know, we've all signed the Paris Climate Agreement, but governments actually need to take the steps to implement these policies so that we have electricity. That's I mean, true. we say healthcare is a human right, but I think electricity is a human right. On my way here this morning, when I was preparing you know, and then you just sees the lights. I was oh, like, what oh. do you expect <laughs> me to do? You know, I was making my notes on my laptop because I'm quite rudimentary. So, you know, I've got my notes on my laptop, but I would like scribble on a notebook just so I'm sure I remember. Okay. Yeah. So we, re, um, so ESCOM obviously needs to get their act together. Just, uh, just, you know, just as you, know, you need to.
1: Yeah. And talking about policies, which you mentioned earlier, what are the five policies that are beneficial for small and medium sized enterprises?
2: So I would say the first policy that's beneficial for SMEs and I'll class this SMEs as those who get financing from investors or from like banks okay. is that um, 4% of what the um, of what these investors make have to be reinvested in the company. So you say you're a fashion company who produces human hair or um, let's say you're an ICT company which produces software for microfinance banks and um, businesses in the formal sector. Um, if you have an investor and you invest one million, um, they're not just going to make let's say 1.5 million, they have to invest 4% of this back, which means that you can actually get an additional employee you can buy some equipment wow, you can grow your care. business so um, that's one of the policies which I think is good for businesses But um, I also think that the government equally um, implemented a policy whereby you can't just move one million out of the country without justifying the evidence of the fund. So this prevents um, our businesses from being used for morning laundering schemes. Um, essentially um, someone could just, you know, get money from across the world and come invest in a startup in Cameroon and take the money and go away. So the government is making sure that all of the money which leaves the country is legitimate. And so that leaves sufficient money in the system for businesses to be able to borrow because let's not forget that our banks um, our domestic banks actually don't have loads of money the foreign banks do but like the the domestic banks have loads of problems so we have to try and keep money in the system so businesses smes can actually access them okay um, um. so that's one of the two policies which have worked the third one is the digital tax I know it's like difficult and cumbersome because you have to go on a website which sometimes doesn't work but this would ensure that all of our businesses are actually in the system which means if you have a COVID-19 pandemic all of the businesses who have been paying their taxes the government simply goes to that list looks at the businesses across different sectors and if the business says well I'm a restaurant 90% of my staff are affected what do I do? the government can say oh look you've paid this many taxes over this many years wow. Why let's give you some money for you to survive and wait for the pandemic to pass it okay. happened in every other country from Norway to Sweden to Europe to wow. Germany because they already have the system and they know what business is paying what to the okay. UK all of them so I think this um, the this uh, digital tax policy would really help um, small and medium sized enterprises because they're going to um, they're going to be able to access grants, loans, and all the other technical support they should be getting. Okay. And finally, um, I think one of the other policies which um, really benefit SMEs is um, the, um, in, the, in the exports of wood, if you simply cut down the tree and you wanted to export it, you would have to pay about 35% export duty. Now, the reason the government did this is because the government wants our SMEs to actually cut these trees yes sustainably but produce chairs and beds and, you oh, know, yeah, and actually transform them okay so the government essentially created um an a disincentive for them to simply chop off the forest and export the government wants this SMEs to be able to make a bit more money the government wants them to be formalized so that they can compete against global giants like cna and ikea um yeah. And these this is an example of a policy which actually worked in China, if we can just say, um, and I'm not by any means, I'm not saying that we should be all autocratic, but I'm saying this single policy worked um, in China for ICT products, the government said you're not just going to produce a part or a component of a phone and export. You need to make sure that the component you're exporting is actually infused with X amount of technology. So it can be, rather than simply export a chip, which would transfer the sound from the mic um, to the listener, you have to create a chip that would like transfer the sound, but equally keep the battery going for like an additional like two months or something. Okay. So the government, these policies are actually force SMEs to become creative yeah. and innovative and over the long run this is going to benefit them.
1: Wow, well, this makes me proud of my country, y'all. We're yeah. doing good things. I'm proud of you Cameroon. I'm proud of you.
2: <laughs> well, I mean we like, could, I'm proud, we proud of the government. Proud.
1: I'm proud of the government because of these policies. So what are the five policies that that are bad for small and medium-sized enterprises?
2: The first policy I think I, the first policy is actually the lack of a policy. If you well, in Cameroon, if you wanted to start a business, if you wanted to register for taxes, um, you can go to um, a small to the Ministry of Small and Medium Size Enterprises. But the reason the direct information isn't there. In, in most advanced economies, if you want to register a business, you go to, a, it's a single Google click and you have all of the steps, all of the processes, all of the links. So I think that's, that's a policy which um, which hasn't worked for Cameroonian entrepreneurs because most people are worried they have to find lawyers or they're worried they have to pay excessively high fees. But yeah. this is not the case. And, you know, there's very few shows like um, this is um, like, this means business. Who actually educate people on yes, how please, to start Yes, please. Yes, please say that one more time. Yes, yes. Very few upshred. <laughs> very few shows actually tell people what to do, where to go, and so we businesses need information to survive. Exactly.
1: Um, one of the way. major reasons why this show was created in the first place. Yes, yes.
2: yes. And this is why we all listen religiously. Thank um, you. <laughs> so the second policy i think is the tax like taxes in cameroon are staggeringly high
1: um
2: i would be honest when i came back um you know i tried um i'm still trying to start a little project with friends and what we found is that you know you you might start the project but you have to pay about 30 percent and and also yes which is quite which is quite high um, but also, even if your business is closed for a couple of months or a couple of years, you the government doesn't really care because you have to pay. And that shouldn't be the case. Because if you don't make any money, you shouldn't be paying any taxes. That's true. Um, that way, we can actually allow... Because some businesses, um, the cost of production could actually be... Um, 5 million and with that 5 million They can pay their employees, pay their electricity Pay their suppliers mm-hmm. but they don't make You know 100,000 in profits Or revenues, they yeah. might be making nothing But they're a business who can like keep going So we need to make sure that these businesses Can actually survive instead of like forcing Them to pay these exorbitant amounts Of taxes True. and you know it All of, I think this is this Broad consensus amongst the Business and academic community that It's um It's imperative that we bring the um, level of taxation down. Now, um, I don't think taxes should go down below 25%. I think 25% is the cutoff point. Anything lower than that um, would transform us into Chile and Ecuador. And I would hate to say what that means. But um, So I think we can lower taxes, but I think 25% sounds reasonable. And also don't discourage investors. Like, you know, young people like myself, Gertrude, young people like yourselves, your listeners, want to invest in agriculture, yeah. in manufacturing. But if it's over the year, you can join the 20, save 200,000. And if you want to invest that and they taxing you um, about 20,000, you have to pay some fees to register and all of the costs associated with transferring money from here and there. It kind of discourages you to invest Invest. True. so we need to create an incentive for young people like ourselves um to actually save their money when invested in different businesses and um, and they shouldn't charge us um, that much
1: because right. we don't have well, that much. yes
2: um, that we, yes that, I mean <laughs> we don't have that much so um, why taxes and the cost of living is quite expensive but you know we shouldn't go into that no, yeah um, right the um the third policy which um, I think hasn't worked hasn't worked particularly well um is education I know I'm an economist and this is business but let's not forget that the reason why South Africa and Nigeria are South Africa and Nigeria is because the um Made sure that the business sector has access to resources and tools. And if you have a productive workforce, then the people are much more likely to be innovative. They're much more likely to create. Yeah. Much more likely to innovate. Mm-hmm. Um, so our education policy, um, you know, thanks to the World Bank, um, is limping on one foot. You know, getting 300 million dollar loans and 200 million dollar loans to buy laptops and build schools is enough, because people can sit in classrooms and we. Hope to have productive workers five years from now but i think the um, education system has to be a bit more digital a bit more practical yeah because we live in the world of python and a co- you know we live in the world of um software and you know True. the from the facebook you use to how our electricity grids are managed to how our taxes are counted the yeah. world now runs on technology and we need to get the youth and we need to get our population educated about the benefits of technology anything but that um i think could prove futile for economic development now okay back to business um, okay <laughs> i think one of um i think um okay so we've set four things which didn't work i think the last thing I'm no, we said three three yes three, three. Okay. um i think um the last thing is um the obtention of contracts okay now the government spends 118 million on, on expenses of some sort which means from organizing an event to um buying building materials mm-hmm. I think it's important that we involve Cameroonian companies more. Um, I love Dangote cement because you know they're employing hundreds of people you know if not yeah. thousands of people in Douala. Mm-hmm. But we equally have Mira, we have Cement we have Cameroonian businesses which we should be prioritizing because other countries are. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to build um, some infrastructure a school or a stadium 40% of everything which is used should come from Cameroonian companies. Exactly. This is how when so that when we ask for something which they don't have, they'll be forced to make it exactly. And um, and so I think in terms of a state procurement, our state procurement um, strategy, I think could be improved. Um, because in Britain, for example, when I worked for Lying Oruk, um, a huge construction company what I found was that most of the things, most of the technology most of the manpower most of the materials everything came from, came from the UK oh. um, and so although they might import a few things from here and there if over 40-60% to 60% of what the, the um, use comes from the country, maybe we should think of doing the same thing. That's this true. doesn't discourage trade, no Not at all. it just means that we create more economic opportunity in Cameroon and we know that we desperately need if ninety percent of people are employed in the informal sector.
1: That's true. And talking about consuming Cameroon product Michelle has Michelle what was that again? Woofers, right? Michael Sound. Mikhail sound. Mikhail. Michelle help me out. <laughs> Mikael sound yeah the produced woofer so if you want a woofer made in Cameroon with all the standards of creating a woofer available you just have to well you have to just contact Michelle come to Calac FM and you'll find Michelle okay? amazing yeah. yes you know
2: um, made in Cameroon um, our strategy this is actually being implemented yeah by yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and
1: there's so many people who also I think it's, it's it's not everyone is familiar with that not everyone is used to it but I'm sure with time, we with can time, get yes. There. But I think yeah. with
2: more, you know, with some awareness, because also when you consume locally, you reduce your environmental footprint. Because True. if I'm buying um, hair products from Afro Afrokeda, which is produced in Douala and shipped to my door, then that means it's less. Um, it's less than consuming Neutrogena, which will be produced in Norway and then sent by Amazon to True. my door. De- or de- yeah. you know, or Bulldog for my face when I can simply buy um, use like locally produce share butter with some fragrance so mm-hmm. you, produce, you know um, consuming locally means you're actually directly creating jobs um and you know let's not forget that consumption is for, for formal businesses but loads of us buy our shoes buy our clothes our laptops from people in the informal sector true so consuming locally would equally encourage these people to actually formalize their businesses exactly. and then over time we um
1: And with the taxes reduced.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Over time, yes, yes. Of course, reducing the taxes would create even more of an incentive. But the thing is, the um, the challenge is that these businesses are micro-businesses. When um, my shoes were bought um, by a gentleman who was simply walking across the street, when I got back from work, I got out of the taxi and I saw him walking and I was like, how do you formalize this this um this guy's business because he might have about 300 shoes to sell yeah. in a month um, making him into a formal business would mean connecting him to the right producers in cameroon the right designers and making sure that he can get at least 50 percent of what he's going to sell on yeah. credit so um this is why businesses play an indispensable role in providing Um, in providing loans and trade finance and you know there's loads of microfinance banks in cameroon which are actually quite useful like prima commercial fund these are businesses um these are microfinance um businesses that are not only innovative because they try and they try and make sure that if you have bitcoin for example you can invest in cameroon so they're trying to literally attract capital from anywhere in the world so yeah. that small and medium-sized enterprises micro businesses have access to finance mm-hmm. and like i actually read this the other day but the good thing about prima commercial fund is that they actually provide some technical support to these businesses to ensure that these businesses can thrive okay um so the like the opportunities are here in cameroon and i think that it's, i think that we should try and encourage people to yeah. leverage them
1: that's true. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're packing out of the studio, but not without the last word. You're listening to This Means Business.
0: Come and eat bandies for now, girl. As you so me and other fine people laugh. I just sing my song to make people suck up. I'm not for the for the me too much. I'm going to be able to eat me I'm 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 don't follow me. Overfake, on. that's why we night and Jay. Me not take no nap. Over a fair come on. La laughing. Don't follow that. Over a fair come on, this life is a puzzle. Me double or me hustle, juggle, bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dance, dance, dance. Every fan who sings to my song, I call you boss. Dance. Thank you.
1: welcome back my lovely listener i'm sure that you're so excited and i'm sure that you're like oh my goodness this is so much information it's so wonderful i know so many things it's just in just one hour yes that's what this means business is all about and guess what you can still listen to the show tomorrow from 9 a.m to 10 a.m or on tuesday or thursday from 4 p.m to 5 p.m better you can download this episode on any podcast website of your choice. All you have to do is type in MGBFM. That's a podcast on Anko. They share on Applecast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Any podcast website, just go there and type in MGBFM and you'll find This men's Business. And I'll make sure to share it on the Facebook page as well. So you can go on to At This men's Business on Facebook ask any question you want ask make any comment you want you know i'm so excited about the show today so i'm gonna ask mr henry crumb to give a comment like a general comment before his last words about the show
2: um so i um actually when i was invited you know i was like a bit nervous Nervous. because i'm like a podcast listener like a serial podcast listener and like i go to royal fm sometimes it's like a debate in a different vibe But um, when I started listening to the show, I was like, oh, this is actually interesting because she actually talks about the things which are important, the things which matter. So... I would love to be a part of it and like if um, you know the the challenge nowadays is that very few people read if you're the person who doesn't read you've got excellent news from writers you've got excellent panelists like myself of course yes, please. (laughs) I hate to fan my own flames no but but, it's true um, so (laughs) she makes it so you know you make the show so easy it's so engaging and so interactive and this is what we need more of like excellent journalism which is contextualized I wouldn't I really wouldn't have it any other way
1: oh thank you thank you so much see i'm blushing from like i'm really blushing guys so what do you have any last words for the listeners you know take a message you know
2: so um i mean other than that it's like great to um you know be in your headspace if i can say <laughs> okay um with <laughs> with gertrude um i think the way you should um to your listeners you can see this as business as a foundation for you to grow in whatever you do as a person knowing more means you are more means you're yeah. worth more True. Um, regardless of what you're doing at the moment or where you are simply knowing more is enough for now now you know you might be a consultant you might be someone looking to switch industry you know you've got you've you've basically got all the tools and the tips here you know you can hit so you can go to um the Facebook page or the Instagram page and you can get all the information you need but um, I would like to encourage all of the listeners to um, to keep doing what they're doing, because in order for Cameroon to get better, we need people who listen to shows like this and talk about it and engage with the content, and people who want to share what they know. It's um, I think it's incredible. This is literally how we achieve change. And I think that we could be an emerging country by 2050, you know, thanks to Gertrude. (laughs) So um, you guys should um, keep seizing the opportunities out there. I know that in Cameroon, it's not always easy. The road isn't always straight. It's not always narrow, but, you know, find your passions and just pursue them, you know, be like Miss Gertrude. I mean, Uh I actually say um, what you should take from the show today is passion, um, commitment and dedication
1: wow thank you so much and that's what i strive for each and every day and i hope you do same well i'm got we're gonna leave the studio right now we're already past our time so i hope that you enjoyed the program i hope that you learned a lot if you have any questions remember you can text us on uh, facebook messenger At This Means Business, send us your message. Any question you have concerning business, concerning policies, Mr. Henry Kwan will be happy to, you know, answer your questions. And of course, remember that you can listen to the program. Well, on the Facebook page, I'm going to share the link. Just in case you don't find This Means Business, you know, maybe you're too tired to look for it. Just, you know, I'm sure you're liking the page right now. Yeah, click on like. No, no. Click on like. Good. And that's, that has been my job for the past week, though. So, anyway, I hope you like the page. I hope you follow us, and we'll bring you more and more encouraging, educative, and entertaining content each and every week. My name is Maki Begachi Bisangetang uh, for presentation, and I need you to make the difference that only you can because this means business. Bye bye.